I'm going to tell you what I enjoy the most is seeing Jesus in you. Because when I see Jesus in you, I know we have carried out what we need to do for him. Because it's not about us. So everything that I saw was him. So I'm, I'm, I'm glorifying him. Hallelujah. Because I want to say this. Um, everybody know about Kim and Jamie because they've been with us for a lifetime. But Joe and Lisa. Joe even got louder today. Did y'all notice? He took his tone up a little bit. So I know there's a God. He shared his testimony, so I know he's not ashamed, so I know there's a God. And then I look at Lisa, which is Melanie, and I know that there's a God. Because she don't say much. At all. She just look. She just watch. But now I know that God is in her life because she's not ashamed. So that's what I love. I love seeing change. I love seeing people when they were here and where God has taken them. And that's when you know you're doing a good work for the Lord. That's what I love. Because it's not about us, y'all. It's about him. So when you project him, we know that we're doing something right. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you. We lift you up, God, because you are the one and true and the only true and living God. We thank you, God, for what has went forth so far, God, magnifying you, exalting you. And God, I speak even peace be still. Even in the midst of us right now, I speak peace be still. I bind all anxiety, which is coming through fear in Jesus name. You foul spirit of fear. I speak to you in the name of Jesus. Now I command you to bow down. In Jesus' name, you go right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for your peace, resting, ruling, and abiding in this room. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you, God, for doing a good work in us, a finish, a complete work in us, until the day of Jesus Christ. And everything the enemy has meant for our harm. God, you have already turned it around for our good. And for that, God, we give you glory. And God, as I stand before your people on today, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. And I give you glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I'm not leaving. You can be seated. I'm not leaving Siobhan um, out. Siobhan Murphy. So I thank everybody for what they've done for me and my husband with the help of the Lord. But I want to continue what the Lord has allowed me to teach, which is how well do you know him? And I think each time that I teach this, God brings more. Because when we know him and become acquainted with him, the more we develop our relationship with him, the less we want of everything else. I'm going to say it again. The more we develop our relationship with him, the less we want of everything else. Don't think that temptations are not going to come. They're going to come. You're going to be tempted because the enemy is going to use that because he know your weakness. He know your weakness in your life. So he's going to use those temptations to make you fall, to make you turn away from God. 
But the more you develop your relationship with him, the more you can submit to God and resist temptation. If you're not submitting to him, you cannot resist the devil. The first thing is to submit to him. So let's go back into 1 Kings. And I want to go back to the third chapter. When I woke up this morning, God reminded me of something. God spoke this. He said, are you prepared for an emergency? And this is why God spoke this. It's because God said, we have to be prepared every day for an emergency. Because we don't know when those emergencies will happen. It may come in our homes. It may come outside of our homes, on our jobs, wherever it may be. He said, are you prepared for an emergency? And he said, the way that people get prepared is through my word and being in it on a daily basis. Because when something occur that you ain't looking for to occur, he said, what are you speaking? What are you rising up to? Are you rising up with the word speaking to you? Did you lay down with the word? He said, so you got to be prepared for emergencies because you don't know when they're going to come. You know, just like when the hurricanes, when they tell you about the hurricanes, they tell you make preparation. This is what you should have in your house. We should be making preparations every day in our lives when it comes to getting into the word of God. That's how we prepare ourselves, through the word of God. So whatever comes on this earth, we are prepared for it, y'all. God said, my people need to be prepared for emergencies. You don't just jump up and start quoting scriptures that you really don't know. He said, you can quote them, but if you really don't know those scriptures, knowing those scriptures is becoming acquainted with me. Because God is the word. He said, so no matter what comes, you're going to have a word coming out of you for what's coming. And you're not going to just speak the word to get something to happen. You speak in the word because you know it has already been done. We never speak the word to get something to happen, y'all. If you're rising up to speak the word to get something to happen in the midst of you going through in your body, if you're speaking because you're saying, I got to speak this for this to happen, don't do it like that. You're speaking the word because you know the word is your medicine. You know that God has sent his word to heal you and to deliver you from your discretion. He's already sent the word. The word has already done what it needs to do. When we speak the word, we're knowing what the word has already done. We're not looking for it to be done. We're saying it is done. I have spoken it. It is done. And the word don't miss. That's how it's supposed to be. Do not speak the word to get something done. Speak the word because you know it's already done. It already belongs to you. You don't have to try to struggle. You don't have to try to force it. The only thing you have to do when that word began, and God is saying it's like rivers of living water in your belly. Those rivers, God want them to be stirred up so they can flow out of you and go in every direction. So we have to allow God to do what he needs to do. In our lives, in us and through us. Y'all, it's not a play in time. It's not a time to be playing church. It's not a time just to try to go out and let people think you know something that you don't know. It's not that time. It's a time to get so acquainted with God that you don't have to prove yourself to no one. 
You rise up just like Lisa was saying. She have to praise him. She said every opportunity she gets, she thank him. It has become so much a part of her. She's not ashamed of her surroundings where she is to give God glory. She didn't have to look around to see if the cameras was facing her because she wanted to thank him outside of where she was on that job. Because somebody needed that. Not only her, but somebody needed that. So God said, we have to be prepared for every emergency, y'all, because it's things that's coming on. Well, I'm not going to say coming is here. You just ain't seen it yet. It's right here amongst you. How do I know? Because we're living in an evil world, y'all. We're living in an evil world. We're seeing, um, you know, you hear about China and how they're locking people up for speaking about Christ. How they're doing all of this and we're thinking, oh, we ain't got that going on over here. Yes, we do. It's happening right amongst us. You just ain't seeing it clearly because you're not seeing in the spirit the way you need to see in the spirit. See, when you live in the natural, you're seeing things like this is what's supposed to happen. No, it doesn't. He want his kingdom to come. He want his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. He want us to have freedom because home the sun sets free is free indeed. This is why in the word you've seen so many of them going through because they stood for what was right. You're going to go through when you stand for what's right. But some of us, we don't want to go through nothing. That's how you, that's how God make you and mold you into whom he would have you to be. He want people not just to say, I'm this or I'm that. He wants you to live whom you say you are. If you're going to be a sinner, be the worst sinner there is. (laughs) I'm just being honest. If you're going to live that way and you see people living that way. Outside of the way God want them to live. But if you're going to be a saint. If you're going to walk for Christ. Set yourself apart. From the world. So people will know they're not of us. Because they don't do like we do. So God said get acquainted with me. Get to know me. And whatever pop up. God said I'm your answer. He said I will answer you. He said when you call on me. But you got to call on him. You got to call on him. He said, when you call on me, I will answer you and I will show you what great, great. He said, great and mighty things that you did not even know. That's just how good God is. Y'all God is so good. He's so awesome and he's so worthy to be praised. And every opportunity we get, we need to take our minds off us and we need to put it more on him. So God took me back to where we were last week dealing with Solomon and we're talking about getting acquainted with God and knowing God and God backed me up even with Solomon. He began to show me something about Solomon. Look at um, 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 3. And I couldn't move off of this. The Bible says, and Solomon loved the Lord. Walking in the statues of David, his father, only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. God allowed me, he said, I want you to look at something in that verse. And what he had me to look at was, and Solomon loved the Lord. 
And God said, look at it again. And I looked at it again and loved stood out. He said, Solomon loved the Lord. He said, do you know why Solomon loved me? Because he became acquainted with me. He got to know me for himself. He had a relationship with me. But the way he got to know me was through his father. David began to teach Solomon about the Lord. This is why David said, my son Solomon, know the Lord. He wanted him to become acquainted with him. He wanted him to have a relationship with him. And through Solomon having that relationship with him, he loved the Lord. And when you love the Lord, you're going to walk in his commandments. When you love the Lord, y'all, this right here is deep because God said, you don't have to tell nobody what to do when it comes to me. Because if they love me. They're going to walk in my commands without being told. A person you have to tell stuff over and over and over again. It's because they have not experienced the love of God. Y'all in a relationship, you have so many people say up to the altar, getting married or just having a relationship. I love you. Do people realize what that word means? There's an eros love. That's not God's kind of love. That's a, you know, a husband and wife love. That's a love that people use when they're dating, uh, eros. Then there's a storgy love. There's a family love. There's a friendship love, phileo. But then there's agape. That's a love that's beyond all of that love. See, when we say, I have fell in love with you, you better understand what you're saying. Because you cannot fall in love with somebody then fall out of love. I'm hearing so many people, I fell out of love with you. And we're going to talk about that. Because there ain't no way you can love them one day and hate them the next. So he began to say, Solomon loved me and he walked in my statues. He walked in the commands that David, his father, gave him. This is why, y'all, we should raise our children up to love the Lord just like we love him. How can they begin to love him? They get to know him by what they have heard about him. Like Lisa was saying, she get, she'll get into the word. There's 10 minutes. Before she know it, there's an hour. And she's just loving that word. Why? Because she's loving on God. The Bible say God is love. That's who he is. And if we're in him and he's in us, we should be showing his kind of love. Regardless of how somebody is, what they're saying, what they're doing, we should still love them. We may not like what they do. We may not like how they talk or how they act, but that shouldn't change the love that we should have for them. So by Solomon loving the Lord, Walking in his commandments, the Bible says that Solomon sacrificed a thousand. Can y'all imagine? A thousand burnt offerings. Meaning that that was nothing for the love that he had for God. When we love him, there's nothing we won't give him. Nothing. When you love him, whatever he asked of you, you should know that he loved you so much He knows what's best for you. If he told you, give up everything you have for me. If you know how much he loves you, you give it up. With no questions asked. 
And this is what Solomon did here. He loved the Lord so much. He gave him a thousand burnt offerings. But then God began to give him a dream. And in that dream that he had given him, God appeared to him, Solomon, in a dream by night. Now, guess what God asked Solomon? Ask. He said, ask, what shall I give thee? He told Solomon, let's be honest. Y'all, let's just be honest. Let's just cut through the chase. If God asked us in this room today, ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. The majority of us say, I want to be rich. I want all my bills paid off. I want a car. I want a house. All us will be asking for majority. We'll be asking for material things. Solomon didn't. God said, ask for what you will. I'll give it to you, Solomon. But the only thing Solomon wants, let me tell you about the love of God. The love of God don't think about self. The love of God think about others above self. How do I know? Because Solomon could have asked for anything. The only thing he wanted was to discern between good and evil to be able to take care of God's people. He didn't ask for nothing for himself. So God knew his heart. God know your heart. So when you go to God, is it always about you? Do you ever go to God about somebody else? When you're in pain, is it always about your pain? Or do you say, God, is somebody else out there that's been hurt worse than I've been hurt? That their body is going through more pain than I'm going through. God, help them. Do we know his love for real? Because when you know his love for real, you are out of the picture. You're not selfish. And as I stopped, God took me right back up to the top. He said, and Solomon loved the Lord. And by Solomon loving me so much, and I knew he loved me. He said, that's why I say Solomon asked. Ask what you will. I'll give it to you, Solomon. He said, I only want to discern between good and evil. He said, so I'll know how to go in and come out with your people. He was more concerned about the people than he was for himself. And God said, because you didn't ask. Let's see what God said to Solomon. And God said in verse 11, but first in verse 10, and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon asked this thing. And God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing and has not asked for thyself long life, neither has asked riches for thyself, nor have asked the life of thine enemies, but have asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise unto thee. And I have also given thee which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any, be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. But he was telling him, to walk in his ways, keep his statutes and commandments as their father David did walk. Then I will lengthen thy days. Look what God gave him. 
Because God knew his heart. See, when we love God, we know that God first loved us. And you know that God first loved you because you spend that time with God. You became acquainted with God. And you know that God laid down his life for you. The Bible, we, we say this verse all the time. For God so loved the world. Y'all understand what world is, right? That's everybody. That's, the world was evil. Everything about the world was evil. Can y'all imagine? Everything about the world was evil. And the Bible say, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. He loved the world so much that he did not want the world to die in their sins. He said, I'm going to come off my throne and I'm going to lay down my life for you because you can't lay down your life for yourself. So I'm going to do it for you. That's how much I love you that I'm going to lay it down so you won't perish. So you can have everlasting life. That's how much God love us, y'all. And when we spend time with him and get to know that love, and it says in Romans chapter 5 that he commended his love. He proved his love for us. Even while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Come on, let's just be honest. The kind of love that we look at is what you do for me is what I'll do for you. People look at, if you don't do nothing for me, you don't love me. That's what they do. It's based upon what is done. And we know that love does show itself. It does. But God didn't wait on us to get it right, y'all, to love us. And I'm going somewhere with this. He didn't wait on us to get it right to love us. God died when we were in our mess. And this is another part that I'm going to. See, being acquainted with God is knowing that God is love. God is not about hate. So how can we hate somebody whom God loves even in their mess? Let's think about it. How can we hate somebody whom God loves even in their mess? God loved us in our mess. He proved it. He demonstrated. He died for us while we were in our mess. So if we know that that's God's kind of love, agape love, that's unconditional, that does not change, And when we love him, guess what? We keep his commandments. When we love him, we keep his commandments. Y'all, when you love him, you keep his commandments. You keep his word. You may falter, but you ain't going to stay in that mess because you love him too much. You know how people say, especially men and women that is so infatuated with one another. We get so infatuated too quick with, with one another. We do. When we should be infatuated with God first and foremost. And nobody would be able to take his place. I'm telling y'all, when you have such a relationship with God, nobody just can't walk up in your life and take his place and make you deny your God to do what they want you to. When you are so in love with Jesus. No man, no woman, no dog, no cat, no job will take his place. They will, none of that will make you move off of the love you have for God. Because you keep his commands. His commands does not supposed to change when you love him. Nothing else supposed to have a place in your life except him. That's how you 
know you really have a relationship with him. See, in marriage, just like me and my husband, no man should change my mind about that man. I don't care how good they look. I don't care how much money they offer me. I don't care how much they try to woo me, woo me, whatever you call it. It should not change how I feel about that man. It should not make me attach to them and not him. The only way I attach to them and not him is because I don't know God. Because when I know God, I can love that man outside of what that man do or don't do. Because the love of God in me would see what's behind that man not doing what he need to do. And I'll begin to pray for him. Not go run my mouth about his laziness, which he's not. See, when I love God and knowing God loved me, I can love him. The way he need to be loved. So what we need to quit doing, people, I'm going to be honest with you. Let's quit making excuses while we skip away from home. Let's quit making excuses while we leave from home because this woman offered me more than you offered me. You knew what you had before you married it. You knew the package that you got into before you select that package. So we need to understand we need a relationship with God before we begin to develop a relationship with anything or anybody. Because when you develop it with God, God know what you need and when you need it. Because you trust your father because he loved you so much. He died for you. He's not going to let any and everybody come in your life to take you away from your first love. And anybody that pulls you away from God to tell you it's all right to get in between the sheets. Oh, it's it's all right to steal. If it's all right to lie, God will forgive you. That's his grace. No, that's not the God I serve. Because I know his grace. Because I know his love. I got to back up off you. Because that's not God. That's not the God I serve. I have come so acquainted with him. That God lets me know. Even before it happens. That's how much he loved me. God ain't going to let me step into any. Y'all we make excuses for what we do. Because we want to do it. We try to justify it. And put God in it. But you know that ain't God. But it make you feel good to say it is. So you can keep doing what you do. But I'm going to still go back to Solomon. But God is saying, when you love me, you keep my commands. And like I said, all of us in here, we're only perfect if you're born again in your spirit. We still have that soul that we have to work on on a daily basis. We still do things that we shouldn't do. We still say things we shouldn't say. But when we say them, God has given us the Holy Spirit to remind us that's not God. That's how we can go to a person. You may cuss a person out and you may thought, oh God, I cussed that person out. The Holy Spirit ain't going to let you sleep on that cursing somebody out. The Holy Spirit's going to have you to go to that person and say, you know what? Forgive me for what I said to you. That was not appropriate. That's not God's way of doing That's how you know the love of God. You did it. And another thing, whatever you do, quit putting a butt in it, which is your butt. And I'm going to give you an example. And I told y'all this before. When me and my husband have little spats, 
whether he's right, whether I'm right, whether he's wrong, or whether I'm wrong. I'll go to Jesus, and I'll talk about him to Jesus. I sure will. If he hadn't said this, and he hadn't said that, if he hadn't done this, if he hadn't done that, and God said, you just need to apologize. It ain't about who done what, or who could, or who should have. He said, you need to forgive. And then before I can even get it out of my mouth, but he said, no need to put your butt in it. That's just how humorous he is. He said, just tell him you apologize and you're sorry for what was said. And I did. And that man didn't tell me he was sorry. So I went right back to God again. I said, I did what you said. And he did not apologize to me. He said, regardless if he apologized or not, you obeyed me. And it's up to him to obey me. It's not up to you to tell him what he should do or question him. Oh, y'all. I had to sit in that place for a little bit. Come on, y'all. Let, let's be real. That's what made you stay before God longer than expected. Y'all didn't know? Because when, when you think somebody's supposed to do something because you done it and they don't do it, you be sitting before God for quite a while and you're wondering, what's taking them so long to do it? But then God will begin to talk to you about you. And when you come out of that room, regardless if they do it or not, you done what God told you to do. But the next day he did. It may have took longer, but he did it. Everybody, when they spend time with God, God deal with them where they are. If you got a lot of junk in the trunk, you got a lot of dealing with that God got to deal with. And everybody ain't going to do like everybody else. But the more you become acquainted with God, you're not going to wait a week. You're not going to wait several hours. You're not going to lay down in that mess. You're going to handle it right then because you have become acquainted with, the, with God that don't allow all this stuff to happen. How acquainted are you with him? So then God began to show me this. Go with me to 1 John, the fourth chapter. God knows how to speak, doesn't he? And he speaks through his word. That's why the devil don't want you to get in the word. 1 John, the fourth chapter. Listen at this. Listen at verse 7, y'all. This is so good. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God. Uh-oh. Let me say it again. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Oh my goodness. We supposed to love one another. And if we cannot love one another, the Bible says we're not born of God. And loving one another comes from knowing God, from becoming acquainted with God. If you ever hear a person say, I like you, but I don't love you, and they're a Christian, they better check whether or not they're born again. Because God is love. Love comes from God. 
When we get born again, the Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. You have God's love in you. It may not be developed because you're not in the word to get it developed, but it's there. So the devil don't want you to become acquainted with love because love covers a multitude of sin. No matter what people do, God still loved them because he is love. He loved the murderers. He loved the everybody. He loved the homosexuals. He loved everybody. He just hates sin. That's why he died so sin wouldn't separate us from him. But the Bible says we're supposed to love one another. And if we don't love one another, we don't know the love of God because God is what? He is love. So we have to know the love of God. Knowing the love of God is knowing God. Then he goes on to say, in this was manifested the love of God towards us because God sent us the only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So God manifests. He made his love what? Known. God want his love to manifest through us to others. We make that love known when people hate us. We love them. Love those that hate you. Bless those that curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. He's telling us we got to love them in spite of what they do to us. We love in spite of the hurt and the pain. We still press through. Why? Because the love of God is flowing through us. And that changed that person. You still love me after everything I've done to you? Yes, I still love you. Not not with my kind of love. I'm loving you with God's kind of love. Because my kind would kill you. Let's just be honest. When we operate in our kind of love, we see ourselves killing people. We see ourselves cussing out people. We see ourselves going crazy in front of people. But God's kind of love is made known through doing the opposite of what they've done to you. When we conquers a multitude of sin, y'all. When we know God, we don't backbite with people. We don't stab people in the back because they stabbed us in the back. We don't give to people because they don't give to us. We still manifest God's love outside of what people do or what they don't do. So then he goes on a little bit further and says, verse 10, herein is love. Listen at this, y'all. Not that we love God, but he loved us. And sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins, the atonement. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man have seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwell in us and his love is perfected in us. It's made complete. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us. Because he has given us of his spirit. God want his love y'all to be manifested in such a time as this. Y'all is so much just popping up upon the earth. The protest, the election, everything is popping up. And we getting more hate now through the election, through the protest, through everything that's popping up. You seeing more haters. The reason why we seeing more haters, and I'm going to be honest with you. Because we as Christians need to do our job. 
Some of the haters is amongst the Christians. That's not God's love. See, the Bible says God's love covers a multitude of sin. What we do, we show his love in the midst of the hate. They already know where their heart is. They know. But in order for their heart to be turned to God, we don't do what they do. We don't say what they say. We say what God would have us to say. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't do like the world does. God always manifests himself in love. So how can I say I love God and don't love you? The love of God is not in me. I haven't seen God, but I can say, God, I love you. And I can look at Miss Deborah and say, I hate you. The love of God is not in me. Because if I love God, I should be able to love her. With that same agape love. So we have to get so acquainted with God that no matter what people do, we can still love those people. Does it hurt when they do what they do? Yes, it hurt. You're human. But the Bible tells me that God will heal your broken heart. He will bind up all of your wounds. We have to go to God when we're hurting and say, God, they hurt me. They hurt me so much. But God will end up binding up those wounds. He will end up consoling you. He will end up giving you the word of God. And he'll say, I lay down my life for you. Now I want you to lay down your life for others. But God is so hard to lay down my life for this person. What make them any different from anybody else? So when we love God, it's because we know that God first loved us. God is love. He took me back to a man y'all are so familiar with. His name was Saul. And Saul persecuted the Christians. He was hauling them off to prison. He was despising them. He was haters of the Christians. But when Paul had his experience on that road of Damascus, there was a change that happened in Paul. Now, my problem is he had a Damascus experience, y'all. The light that shone down from heaven, he was in the presence of the Lord. And being in his presence, guess what? He bowed down and said, Lord, what would you have me to do? He was turning over another leaf saying, I'm ready to serve you. Tell me what you want me to do. And God knew how he persecuted the Christians. He knew all of that. But he knew it was time for a change for Paul, for Saul. He accepted that change. And look at old Ananias when God told him to go to Paul. What's the first thing he said? Isn't that the one that persecuted the Christians? That's what we do. When God tell us to go to certain people or use certain people, ain't that the one that slept with every person in Pender County? Well, ain't that the one that lie all the time and steal and always begging? And God, you want me to go to them? But he went. Because God saw something in Saul that he didn't see. But he obeyed the spirit of God that came to him and told him what to do. When are we going to get so acquainted with God? We quit looking at people. And we start doing what God tell us to do outside of what man does. God used whom he chose to use. He used a donkey. So we can't question God. Just because that person hurt you don't mean God can't still use that person. 
Just because that person don't say nothing to you and say something to somebody else don't mean God can't use that person. So God is saying, get to know me. Spend time with me. So when things pop up in your life, you'll know how to love instead of hate. And then God showed me something, y'all. God said, the reason why people can't love the way they need to love, because they're love blockers. Love blockers is this. Y'all, I'm going back to Solomon. Remember how Solomon loved the Lord? Supposedly with his whole heart, right? He walked in the statues of God. But he allowed women to turn his heart from the Lord. God said we allow things in our lives to turn our heart from the Lord. And we love those things more than we love God. How do I know this? Because when you got the the love of God in you and there's no blockers there, it's easy to give. It's easy to do things that you didn't want to do because you have come to know his love. But people that struggle in areas of giving, people that struggle in areas, in any other area, area is because they don't know his love. Because they got some blockers there that's blocking the love of God. Solomon, yo, he had 700 wives. 300 concubines. He allowed those wives to introduce him to other gods. To keep those wives at peace with him, he turned his heart from God to keep peace in his home. How many of y'all, (laughs) y'all, you all, Brother Willie, you all, he know what I'm talking about. How many of us have allowed people to turn our heart away from God just like Solomon? We rather please man than to please God. This is what Solomon was doing. If that wife said, come on, baby, I want you to set up this other God for me. I want you to set up this statue for me. We can worship it together. Okay, baby. So he had all of these other gods that he was worshiping because he was so in love with these women. He turned his heart away from the one and true and living God. What have you turned your heart over to? What have you given more of your time to than God? And that's what we need to ask ourselves. Who are we loving more than we're loving God? Who are we spending time with more than we're spending time with God? Whomever you spend time with, that's whom you're serving. Whether it's material things, whether it's a husband, whether it's a wife. How many of us shut down our time with other things and say, I need to spend this time with God? How many of us turn off the television for 30 minutes and say, God, I want to be still. I want to hear you. So whatever you give him more time to, that's your God. So this is what Solomon did. He allowed those women. He allowed it. Why do we blame y'all? This is what I, I, I'm trying to figure this out. Maybe y'all can help me. When a marriage is at the break of divorce. And this is what happens. A man may go to another woman. Or a woman may go to another man. Why do we blame The woman that the man is sleeping with. That woman ain't your husband. Your husband slept with that woman. So why get mad at the woman and ready to fight her? We got to blame somebody. 
See, what we got to understand is the love of God will keep you out of somebody else's bed. It will. When you love God, you follow his commands. When you love God, you don't go outside of your home just to have one night of pleasure. And this is what we have to understand, y'all. The love of God will constrain you. The love of God will keep you from falling. It will. The love of God would have you to flee fornication. The love of God would allow you to get these images out your mind with other people that you shouldn't be with. That's the love of God. Because you want what God wants. You hate what God hates. That's just how much you love him. When you love a person, you stick by that person. And that's why I use marriages so much, y'all. Some people marry for convenience. Some people marry so your bills can get paid. Your bills getting paid, checking up. What's the difference? Some people marry because they don't want nobody else to have that man say, hey, I got it. Do you know what you got? Men, do you know what you got? When you end up marrying people and you see their lifestyle, you're going to have to deal with that lifestyle in your home. Don't do it because everybody else is doing it. Don't do it because you want to look beautiful walking down the aisle. Don't do it because you want everybody to see how well you can coordinate your wedding. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Why am I begging you please? Because somebody who have to listen to problems... Listen to all of it and give you the word of God. When I say stop, stop. Because when it come in your house, it's not only affecting you, it's affecting your children. It's affecting everything that you connecting with. And if you can't deal with you, let's stop right there. If you can't deal with you, you can't deal with nobody. So that's why we have to have such a relationship with God. People can get together, y'all, and a man or woman can abuse that person so much. When somebody good come in their life, they begin to abuse them. Because they have not gotten over that abuse and they really don't know what genuine love is. So they're really not accepting that love from that man or that woman because they have not been made whole. Sometimes we grab people because we want them to make us whole. No man, no woman can make you whole. The only one that can make you whole is him. We are complete in him. You cannot find people to make you whole because when they leave, you find out you still are not whole. So that's why we have to be healed through the word of God. We have to be healed by going to God. So God want us to know his love. Solomon, he fell in love with him, but he fell out of love with him because of women. Solomon had an issue. He had a lot of riches. He had a lot of things. But he fell out of love with God. But one thing God did not do, he did not fall out of love with him. God never falls out of love with us, y'all. When you know God's love, faith operate by love. It's not hard for you to have the faith of God when you know his love. So we need to spend more time with God to get to know his love because we waiting on people to love us. But if they're not right with God, they cannot love you the way you need to be loved. 
So God said, get acquainted with me, get to know my love, spend time with me. And the more time you spend with me, you're not worrying about who love you or who don't. You may be concerned about it, but you're not trying to find ways. Y'all know that little things, um, how do I love thee? Let me count thy ways. Did y'all remember that? How many ways have y'all counted that you finding out you really don't love me? But God does. God loves you with the everlasting love. A love that will never, ever change. Get acquainted with him. Get to know his love. And the more you know his love, the more you'll be able to keep his commands. The more you'll be able to turn away from everything else. And you'll be able to turn towards him. Y'all, let's start manifesting his love. Outside of how we feel. Because if you go on your feelings you're not going to be able to love because some of our, we're emotionalized through different things. So get to know him as your one and true loving God. And the more you love him, you will understand you love him because he first loved you. And I'm going to tell you y'all, spending time with God, just sitting there before God, having conversations with him, listening to him talk, and he breathing all of that life into you. That's what them sweet nothings are. That's that life that God breathes into you every minute, every second. You just want some more of it. God, I just can't get, that's what she was experiencing. God, I just can't get enough of you. God, I just tell you, you just so, so good. And all of a sudden, you may feel the warmth like she felt. Or you may have tears coming down your face because you know that God is love and he loves you outside of you. So why can't we love others outside of them? Yes, they mess up. We mess up. All of us messed up, but it did not change God's love. Let's quit putting people in categories and let's let them know in spite of what's going on in your life, God loves you. How did I know that God loved you? Because he died for you. Even in your mess right now, God paid the price. You didn't deserve it and I didn't deserve it. That's what God did for us. So let's get to know his love. And I guarantee you things will change in your life with healing, prosperity. Everything in your life will begin to change. And me knowing God's love, I go to him and I say, God, I don't understand. But I know you love me. And I know you know what's best for me. And I know you know what the right decision is for me right now. So God, I'm going to wait on you. And God, I want you to tell me what you want me to do with this, how you want me to do it. God, I'm going to be still. God, the situation looked crazy. People will call me crazy. God, I don't care. I don't care. I just want to hear you because I'm not going to move on this, God. I need for you to tell me what you will have me to do. And God, as you tell me, prepare my husband. Because God, this looked not real. But God, I know you know. That's when I was about to come off my job. And God set it up. He did it. Because God loved me so much that he knew what was best for me. And I trusted God. Because I knew that God loved me. And he's not going to do anything to hurt me, to bring harm to me. So take your mind off of what you don't have. Take your mind off of what people can take from you. Solomon did not worry about his finances. He didn't worry about his health. He didn't worry about none of those things. Only thing he wanted to do is to do what God would have for him to do for his people. 
And God gave him all of that. So it starts with love, y'all. It says that if God gave his only son, if he freely gave his only son, how much more would God give unto us? Would he freely give unto us? So get to know his love. Come on and give my hand clap of praise.